Hey, everybody. Um, you're ne- definitely not going to want to miss our next episode. We have an amazing guest. Um, her name is Brandy Sheets. Uh, I've known Brandy since 2015, so eight years now. Um, she's an amazing uh, mother, amazing woman, amazing um, professional. Uh, I've leaned on her for many, many years uh, when we worked together. She was kind of my my right-hand go-to person. Uh, she was my surgical scheduler. She was my personal assistant. She was my scribe. She was my clinical supervisor. So she did a lot of amazing things. Um, but it's going to be a fun, fun episode. You're definitely not going to want to miss it. Hey, and remember, we always have the Sawbones Challenge. So stay tuned. We'll see you soon. Welcome to Hey Sawbones, my story, my passion, the podcast where we talk about everything uh, that kind of looks at myself and what kind of makes me tick, both personally and professionally. As always, we have an amazing guest today. I'm super excited uh, to introduce this individual. I know her personally. I know her professionally. We worked together for many years. She's an amazing woman, a great mother, um, a great worker, and uh, has a lot of cool stories that she's going to share with you. And um, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Brandy Sheets. So thank you for, for coming on today. Thanks for having me. So as we always kind of start the podcast out, let's hear a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and then we'll kind of work into kind of like your first memory of me and my first memory of you. Yeah, so. for sure. So um, Brandy, um, I was born and raised in Meadville, Pennsylvania. I lived in that area my whole life um, and t- up until a couple years ago. Um, ventured on into Ohio um, and just been raising my kids there. I studied at uh, West Liberty State College, got my bachelor's degree in business, actually just finished because I didn't. I don't know if you ever knew that, but I never finished my bachelor's. I was like, two I don't think you had that on your original CV, huh? Yeah, I was two <laughs> credits shy of doing that. So even though I probably didn't need to do it at this point, like personally, I felt like good for you. Fulfilled, so did that. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, where'd you go to high school? Uh, Connaught Valley. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And you graduated what time frame? 2001. 2001. Okay. 
Then did you go directly to, to undergrad at I that did. point? Yep. I went directly to undergrad at that point. Wasn't really sure what I needed to, what I wanted to do at that point. I think a lot of us are in that boat, but, um, I started as like a physical therapy major and I did a lot more, uh, hanging out than I did going to class the first couple of years. My mom's not happy about it still, but, um, kind of changed that after my second year of college ventured out, went to UCF for a couple of years, um, just shy of my credits, and then I just finished. University of Central Florida. Yeah. Yeah. That's in Orlando? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know we've talked about the fact that you lived down there for a while. What about your work history? My work history. So whenever I moved to Orlando, I started working for um, J.P. Morgan Chase, and I started out just like uh, in a call center environment. So I started just like answering phones for their credit card services. And I was able to kind of move my way up there. Um, and I was, when I left JP Morgan Chase, I think I was there about five years. Uh, when I left there, I was a team manager, um, just running a team of credit card service professionals, basically. Um, I left JP Morgan Chase and I got into pharmacy sales for just a little bit of time, probably about two years. I did like the sales environment, so that was kind of interesting to me. Where were you living at that point? Orlando still. Okay. Yeah. And then I uh, came home for the summer. I was just going to take a quick break, came home for the summer, and I met my now ex-husband, and I never went back. So I was in Florida about seven years probably. Um, ventured back here and here I am. And then when you got back here, um, where did, uh, give me some time frame. Like what, what years was that? So that you, I think you I came back, back here in maybe 2011. Um, yeah, it's about 2011 and I got married in 2013. Um, whenever I got married, I quickly got pregnant. So I had Sophia my daughter, she's 10 now. I had her in 2013. Wow, she's um, 10. Yeah, she's 10. Time flies. I know. So in 2013, um, my, my then husband's job took us to California. Um, he was working for the railroad, so I stayed out in L.A. for a couple of years. And in 2015, I came back, and I thought, well, I think it's time. You know, this isn't California anymore, and nobody here is a stay-at-home mom, so completely different lifestyle. So I came back and I was like, I think it's time for me to go back to work. Um, and at that time, it's a funny story, I probably never told you this, but at that time I applied to the orthopedic office and I really was just looking for something part-time um, with no responsibilities. <laughs> so um, I applied and they're so like... So this is 2015? This is 2015. Okay. Um, I applied and they're like, well we have a full-time job because we have this new surgeon coming. And I was like, well, okay, I guess, you know, I'm not good at saying no sometimes. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll just go back to work full-time. So I adjusted my life, went back to work full-time. And then it was kind of a whirlwind from there. Um, yeah. I mean, so from late 2015, that's when Karen and I moved back. Yeah. It was um, October. I started working in November and you were, I was introduced to you as this is my first memory of you. Um, as you know, my new surgical scheduler mm-hmm. and I mean, you were there kind of like my right-hand person up until what was it? 2021? 2021. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we went through a lot together. Yeah. We were, we were at, uh, orthopedic associates of Meadville, 
Um, I always joke when I'm like office number one, office number two, office right. number three, or office number four yeah. in a short period of time. So 2015, right. we were only there for maybe three months yeah. at the old Arch Street yeah. location. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that place. Yeah. And you, you were like in this little back. Yeah, so that's my first memory of you. Is hallway. Whenever you showed up, well, first you showed up and we had a meeting. And you, it was like intimidating, right? Because we don't know who you are and we didn't know what you were all about. So we have this meeting and one of the other doctors at the place came in like in his boxers to play his video game. And I was like <laughs> super embarrassed. I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to think that this place is just awful. Um, and then... My second memory of you is you're like, okay, so Brandy, where's your desk? And I was like, oh, come on, let me show you. And I was like tucked in a little cubby outside of a patient doorway. I don't even know if I'd call it a cubby because it was like this little narrow extension of the hallway that yeah. was maybe a third the width of the hallway. Right, yeah. I'm like, how do you even like fit in there? Yeah. And right? then there was some uh, cabinets like for DME behind me. So whenever people would play with like the models like they would drop them in my hair and all kinds of things is really great <laughs> but then we moved up to uh vernon place yep. at the top of the hill and then when i kind of broke away and started whole health in 2018 we were still there for a year or so yeah probably about which a was year. like a weird situation it's like getting divorced but still living in the same house yeah it was very interesting and then we moved across the street to um griffin motors yep. and we were there for a little over a year while the new office was being built. Yeah. So journey. Lot, lots of growth and challenges, but um, yeah, no, I, I thank you for um, everything. Cause I mean, honestly, you were, you were that person that you wore a lot of hats. Like when I, when I look back on it now, um, I'm embarrassed because of all the responsibilities mm -hmm. that I gave you. Um, Cause there's no way that any human being should or could really sustain that. But um I think one of the things was it's like you just never said no. Exactly. It was like, yeah, can you do this? Can you do this? So you were kind of my scheduler, kind of like my personal assistant. You were my marketing person. <laughs> you were the clinical supervisor. Um, what else? Sometimes I got you an oil change. Yeah, that's kind of personal <laughs> that's so assistant funny. type stuff. Um, I say don't be embarrassed. Um, so back then, well, I still don't say no, so that hasn't changed. Um, but honestly, like. You know, I mean, you know how I am. I like the hustle and bustle. Yeah. I'm probably not going to say no. I don't know what I would, I don't know what I would do if I had one job. I still don't have one job. Still, yeah. So, what I do you have. do now? So, now, so after I left Whole Health, which was um, 2021, mm -hmm. I went to, I chose to go to Starbucks um, as a store manager. So, still at Starbucks as a store manager. Done a lot of things in the last year and a half, I guess it's been. Um, so I've had the opportunity to dual store manage. So I've managed more than one store. I'm a store manager trainer. Um, I'm about to open a brand new store, which I've taken on. I didn't know that they gave you that kind of opportunity, but kind of taken on that whole store opening by myself. Um, they said to me, where's that one at? Geneva, Ohio. Okay. Um, so they said to me, one of the things was, as you know, I'm kind of a control freak. Um, come by that honestly. But they said to me, I said, hey, I want to hire my whole team. Like, I want to personally be able to do it. And they said, Brandy, you can't do that. And I said, watch. <laughs> and so I did that. And so I've interviewed hundreds of people, um, hired 35, and I have them all Holy out doing Holy cow, things. 35 so, employees yeah. for one store? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I always 
am amazed when you go into a Starbucks, like how many employees there are and how busy everybody is. Yeah. But I guess if there's five or six people that are maybe more than that, that are working yeah. at any one shift, there's a lot of shifts. Yeah, there's a lot of shifts. So, and you guys open very early. And yeah. what time do you guys typically close? Like 10. Okay. Yeah. People are buying coffee that late? Yeah. I know. Wow. I'm in bed at like 8.30, so coffee's not really on my radar at 10, Whew. but some people, yeah, for sure. All right. So speaking of beverages, yeah. so at this point, I always kind of like do a beverage break. Yeah. Okay. So uh, these are all pre-recorded, all of these episodes. So it's actually 4th of July. Um, it's a little earlier than probably you or I would typically have <laughs> uh, an adult beverage, but that's kind of what we yeah. do on this show. So <laughs> I'm going to give you one of two options here. Okay. Oh boy. Oh so boy. we're going to get into the vault of, of uh, beverages here. You just have one stashed down there. So you can choose um, here. These are these are like option one, one of these two. And if this podcast lasts a really long time, maybe we'll break into this, or we can just go with a standard, straightforward, big mouth Miller Lite. So Fourth of July, you, you pick. Fourth of July, I'm going with the blood orange seltzer. Okay, you start there. I could have swore the second option was going to be some sort of mixed drink, so I got scared. All right, well, here you go. No, it's not, but I, I put them in here before you got down here. So so I'm drinking the Truly Watermelon Lemonade. Um, it's funny because I cannot stand watermelon, but I like watermelon-flavored things. So cheers, by the way. So good. You don't have to tell them. Actually, actually, it's pretty good. And yours is the Bud Light. Bud Light. I kind of gave up Platinum. Bud Light products here, but um. oh yeah, well I can't speak to that, so <laughs> edit. Is there an edit button here? Button. All right, so next session. This is kind of the Q and A uh, section. So we kind of went over the ground rules. Uh, basically, same for every episode. Three business questions, three personal questions. What I didn't tell you is, you can veto one of the questions if you're if you don't like it or if you're not comfortable. However, I will also tell you that you are the fifth guest, and none of the Four previous guests vetoed anything, so no pressure. Perfect. I'm always up for the challenge. All right, so you go first. I go first. Business, B- business first. So I would say, since I've left, you've done a lot of things. You've been busy. Um, I am always happy to see that you have something new going on. Not surprised at all. Every time I see a big announcement in the back of my mind, I'm always like, makes complete sense to me. So just tell me what's going on. Well, I mean, this is probably one of the the newest things um that the podcast and honestly it was just something that i wanted to do to kind of like give an opportunity for my patients particularly to kind of get to know me better because um when i'm in my work environment and you were there uh, you were my scribe too right so like it, not only were you scheduling but you were with me every clinic seeing every single patient um yeah i can i can give them a glimpse into who i am during that period of time but it's so quick and, you know, there's this level of professionalism. Not that I try to not be professional at all times, but this is more like just having fun, letting loose, and, and getting more into, like, what makes me tick personally, mm-hmm. right? So uh, the podcast, we've got a couple other projects that we're, we're working on that aren't quite ready to be um, kind of, like, is that released. A it's not a veto. It's just... Uh, I mean, there's so many other things that we are doing. I mean, we started the Wellness Institute right. not too long ago, which is uh, something that I've always kind of wanted to do. And you remember from back in the day where 
I always talked about optimization of yeah. patients before surgery. So really trying to minimize the risks of for our patients. So if you're diabetic, um, not just saying, hey, get your diabetes under control, but like, uh, and then come back and see me. Or if you're overweight, hey, lose weight, come back and see me when you've lost weight. Really giving them the tools and and being that that voice that helps them to walk through that process. Because it's not easy to lose weight, to get right. your diabetes under control, to stop smoking, to mentally get prepared. So, um, I mean, Wellness Institute, podcast, um, you know, the Erie office, we, we just started that probably about six, seven months ago. Mm-hmm. And um, like our size has doubled since when Whole Health opened yeah. in 2018 when we had about 15 employees. Now we're over 30. Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah. a big growth in a short time frame. It is. But I think we're kind of like at that that kind of nice sweet spot where yeah. I don't foresee any big um, additions in terms of staff um, because, I mean, really, where are we going to put them? Right. So... Well, I just want to say I'm super proud of you for like doing something for you. Um, this obviously brings you joy and happiness, and that's really what life's about. And I know that sometimes in the past, like we both of us like struggled with just that. Like, yes, you're a business owner. Yes, you're a very high volume surgeon, but yes, you're also a person. So I'm super proud that that's what you're doing. Yeah, and this is just fun right. too, right? Because it's just like casual conversation with people that I really enjoy, people that I really respect. And to me too, it's like giving back and, and giving credit where credit is due to those people that have helped me along my journey to to get to where I'm at. Because y- you know, it, like I'm a huge team advocate, always played team sports, and there's no way that I could do what I do on a daily basis without the people that helped to shape me to become who I've become. For sure. So nice. all right, that's question one. All right. Question two. I get three in a row. Yeah. You get six in a row, three, so, three business and then three personal. Okay, awesome. So over the last year, what would you say that your biggest struggle has been professionally? I would say staffing, right? Um, I think ever since COVID, um, you know, it's it, COVID did a number not only physically to people, but I think mentally and emotionally and I don't think we're ever going back to where we were. And, and I do think that, some of the changes are, are very positive. I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not, I'm always that like glass half full guy, but I will say as a business owner, it has made things exceptionally challenging with, um, I mean, just your expectations from people that have zero experience. Like mm-hmm. previously they would have been, I'm not going to give dollar amounts, but here, right, right. Starting salary. And then now the expectations are like four or $5 more right. after we just got crushed as a small business through a pandemic. Right. Right. So you've got that. Um, I think there's been just almost like a sense of entitlement for uh, people as well. And, um, you know, I just, it, it, we, we've seen a lot of people come. We've seen a lot of people go, um, both good and bad. Like the people, some of the people that left, it was like, it's a blessing. Um, some of the people that uh, left, it was, it was disappointing that yourself included. But honestly, I mean, for you, I was super happy because, I knew you were doing something that you needed to do. You you needed a change. Um, but absolutely staffing has been the biggest challenge, not only at Whole Health, but at the hospital too. Yeah. I mean, people are always looking uh, because they think that grass is greener on the other side. Right. And um, I always joke, I say, well, once they get there, they're going to realize that it's artificial turf. And Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> so I would say too, like, yeah, staffing everywhere is like a big issue, obviously. And 
maybe not like try to look at it from a different lens a little bit because um, not everyone's leaving because like the grass is always greener, but sometimes like it takes like one thing you've always taught me is that you have a goal, right? And whenever you hit a roadblock, you don't change the goal, you change the plan. So for me, like personally, I would say, did I at one point think the grass is greener? Maybe not. Like, I don't know. I loved where I was at. But what I did know is that I couldn't be the leader that I needed to be in that situation at that time. So in order for me to grow, I had to make myself uncomfortable. Um, so maybe that's what people are doing. It's yeah. like a little bit of uncomfortable. Um, and you never know where you might, might end up. So. Yeah, no, I mean, again, I, I, I don't try to look at it as a negative, but it's just like, if I feel like there's these, this constant like interviewing process and I've actually finally like relinquished (laughs) the reins where like I, unless they're, um, like a provider, um, I I don't even participate in those anymore because it's it's time consuming. It's time consuming and it's a lot, it's a lot of unnecessary effort on your part. Well, I mean, you've always known that like, I like to like get to know people and, and, and because it is like my baby, right? It's my yeah. business. It's my baby. But you also have to empower the leaders that you've put in place. Right. And, and since you've left, we've created like a leadership team. Yeah. And so I have like my leadership team do the interview process and, and everything like that. Yeah. So it's been I a positive that. thing. Yeah, for sure. And I think that you've done a great job of building a great team. I've met some of them cause we use your space. And- yeah. Um, I was happy to be back. I said, I hope I don't cry today. Um, I didn't. I was like happy to see everybody. I didn't know most of the people, but the people that I do know are like still close to me, you know, yeah. Sean and Travis or whatever. Um, but I was happy to be back. Yeah. Well, so, it's always nice to yeah. kind of return, Pop right? In. Yeah. I never get out to that area anymore anyway. So, but yeah. What else? All right. Question three. So yeah. I want to know, and I don't think that I've ever asked you this. Um, when it comes to like knee and hip surgery, what is the most memorable surgery that you've ever done? Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, you know, probably one that didn't initially go well, right? Because the ones that go well, um, it's, it's kind of like, you know me, like I, I take the wins in stride, but I take the losses very hard. Right. And when I say losses, like a bad outcome. And, uh, when something bad happens, you tend to remember that a lot more than, you know, when you're, when you're on your groove and and things are going great. So there was an instance, um, a couple years back where I was doing a knee replacement and, um, you know, one of the parts of the operation is you want to make sure that you get the knee fully extended, um, during the operation and, uh, you have to physically push on it. And this lady had very osteoporotic bone and I had done this literally thousands of times, right? And when I did it, um, I just, I, I heard like the bones cracking mm-hmm. and her, her entire end of her femur or her thigh bone uh, shattered into about 30 pieces uh, during the operation. And, you know, the one thing that I think is really critically important, um, and they don't really teach you this in, in residency or your fellowship, Um and I think it's just like athletics, right? You see certain people, whether it's a Tom Brady or a Tiger Woods or a Michael Jordan, like people that I look up to, like the best at what they do, they're pretty darn composed, right? They're right. super competitive. But like if something bad happens, they don't fold. They don't panic. They don't give up. They don't quit. So for me, it was just like, all right, even though I'd never been in that particular situation, 
um, how do I, what do I do? And it was just like training, training, training. Well, I've never had this particular instance happen during the operation, but I've traded this particular problem for a knee replacement that I maybe did or someone else did and they fractured their, their, their end of their femur years or decades after it. So, you know, you just have to like be composed because there's nothing worse than during the middle of an operation for the surgeon to get panicked because then everyone in the room gets panicked. Right. It's like if a captain of a ship gets really panicked during a storm, it's going to be pure, pure chaos. Yeah. right? So you just got to maintain your cool. So I was like, okay, um, give me this, give me this. We're going to sew it up. We're going to get what we need. Um, I'm going to put it in a splint and I'm going to come back tomorrow and I'm going to fix this. And that's what we did. And, and that lady did wonderful. And um, I have since done her other knee. Uh, thankfully without a fracture on the other side yeah. and I have done her daughter's knees as well. So nice. she, she was, she was quite advanced in age, but um, all's well that ends well. Nice. Love that. Yeah. That's awesome. So the per plan. personal stuff now. Personal stuff. Oh boy. What do I need to know personally? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're the question asker. So I'm the question asker. Well, I didn't know I had so many questions all at once. Personal stuff. So, I mean, a lot of people have asked, you know, family questions, that that kind of stuff. But whatever you want. Yeah. So family questions. I mean, we've kind of kept in touch here and there. Not super, you know, not every, everyday conversation or whatever. But um, I would say that, like, I've always looked up to, like, your wife. You and your wife. I mean, you guys are like family to me. So um, tell me where you guys are at. Like, how are you guys doing? together how are you managing this crazy life of three kids that i know all too well and how's that working for you yeah so um i think you were aware that karen is like back to work now did oh, you know yeah. that Yeah, i saw her first day of school picture on the yeah <laughs> so um you know since anthony was born she has been a stay-at-home mom and you know i hate to ever say like she, she didn't work because that is a incredibly stressful busy hardest job in the world full-time job yeah. right i could never do it um, but she did amazing with it for 12 years. And I was really excited uh, when she decided to like get back out in the work field. And she started that with um, going because she had to maintain like her um, continuing education yeah. type stuff. Like for me, it's continuing medical education. Right. Uh, so she started taking a class at Mercer's and she like loved it. And I was just like envisioning like that adult student when I was at Mercer. I was like, oh gosh, I can't stand those adult students. Like <laughs> they take things way too seriously. They suck up to the teachers. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're good at these days. Yeah, and she was like, oh, the teacher loves me. I'm like, yeah, you're that adult student. That <laughs> yeah. She's like, no one asks questions. I'm like, you're the one that talks all the time during class, aren't you? And she's like, well, I have to be interactive. But she's done great. You know, she just started yeah. um, maybe within the past six weeks. Um, which is what she loves. She's working with children with, you know, cognitive impairment, particularly like autism, mm -hmm. which is kind of like her, what she got her master's in. Yeah. And uh, her caseload's her sweet spot would be about three students per, yeah. um, I don't know how, how long, if it's a year long or however long they need it, but several hours per week per student. Nice. And um, it's amazing what she said to me is like, you know, dealing with your kids is one thing, but when you're dealing with someone else's kids, you, you can be a lot more patient and interactive. But no, I, I'm proud of her, super proud of her yeah. because that took a lot of courage for being out of the workforce for like 12 years to get back into it. And quite honestly, I think it's, it's good for, for both of us. I was uh, golfing last night with a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Hutzel, 
And I mentioned that Karen was back to work and he's like, I think it's really important for, um, you know, couples as kids are getting older, like to, to have both of the, the people like not necessarily contributing, but working. He goes, otherwise you can start to develop levels of resentment and, yeah. and things like that, which can be unhealthy for a relationship. Um, and, and I'll be brutally honest. Like when I would come home and I would be like, Hey, did you, I'd ask her to do like a favor for me. Like, Hey, did you, um, you know, get, get me the, the, the tickets for my conference that are coming up. She's like, Oh no, I haven't done that yet. Or did you get the, uh, the quote for the guy to come for the, um, <laughs> power washing outside the back patio? Oh no, I didn't do that yet. And, and I would get frustrated with that. But myself, when I have a full plate, I tend to be much more, uh, productive. And I, and I think that that's kind of her too. Cause she's very, very regimented. Yeah. Like her, her schedule, her day planner, monthly planners just filled out. Yeah. I think Dr. Hutzel's onto something too, because just gives you like a sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's very good. I know that I've talked to Karen and she encourages me to talk to her when it comes to my own children, just like, Hey Brandy, remember, like if you ever need to talk about it, because an outside perspective is sometimes helpful and it surely is. And I think that, you know, she probably, she probably was ready to go back. She probably was ready for that sense of purpose. For sure. I mean, being, uh, full-time stay-at-home mom, but not only that, like being a full-time stay-at-home wife to you can be a lot. I'm sure um, I'm positive of that. (laughs) Um, So she's probably excited to like be her own person. So I'm super proud of her for that too. Yeah. And I, I can't remember which guest it was. I think it was actually Justin Johnson when he was, he's like, I don't know your wife. Well, he's like explaining it. I was like, listen, it, it would take, or it, it definitely does take a very, very special person to like be compatible with me. Like uh, my best friend, Jared, he could probably be married to like 80% of the people in the world and and could have a very, very happy marriage. And he has an amazing wife, Jill. Um, But for me, like the compatibility, it's it's maybe like two or 3%. 100%. Right. Because I run at such a high level and, and I'm very intense and she gets that. She gets that side of me, but she also helps to balance that out. One, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. she's the calm. Yes, sometimes too calm. I'm just like, come on, let's let's go. <laughs> like we had our personal trainer here this morning, but we started doing that earlier this year, and uh, it's been a great thing. Like we do it together. That's awesome. Um, she skipped today though. Fine. And, and and Kyle and I were up there. I'm like, Is Karen, come. And she's always 15 minutes late to every session. Isn't it at home? It's home. Oh. Yeah, so there's no reason, well, but <laughs> but know. love her to death. So you take the good, you take the bad. Uh, I give her an A for effort. Yeah, she awesome. would give herself an A too. She's like, you just got to give yourself some grace every once in a while. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you give yourself grace like every day. Yeah, well, you know, that's okay. Yeah. She deserves it. Exactly. I think she put in work. Oh, for sure, because she was dealing with the boys this morning. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So how are mom and dad? That's what I want to know about. Um your mom and dad are amazing people. I think they, you're, they're the reason that you are who you are. Um, I see a lot of you and your dad, and I have gotten to know them over the over the you know last whatever eight ten years or whatever it's been. Um, of just amazing people. So what are they up to? I see you guys are doing some traveling, and they're getting to enjoy life, and you're taking them on your journey. So how's that? Yeah. So I mean, they're they're doing very well. Obviously, just like all of us are getting older. Um, they're physically slowing down, but mentally still hundred percent there. Um, we were just there two days ago. We had a nice family picnic and then we were there a couple of weeks ago for father's day. So my family's pretty close, right? Like my three older sisters, all of their 
um, significant others, uh, their children. So it's I love going back there. Um, you know how they say there's nothing like going home and love being here in my my own house, my own bed. But man, when I go there, I can just completely. I'm not I'm not Doctor Molly, right? I can just be who I am. Yeah. And but they're doing very well. Yeah, we've done some traveling. They they'd never been out of the country. Yeah, and, that's amazing. Um, Karen and I were able to take them to Italy for two weeks this past October. Which, um, for those of you that may or may not know, I, my father's 100% Italian. So his grandfather, my grandfather, his father, immigrated over here when he was only 19 years old uh, from the Tuscany region, and uh, we were able to get back. We were able to see where my grandfather grew up. We stepped inside the house. It's no one's living there anymore on the top of a mountain. It's just like abandoned. He, he was a shepherd. Yeah, it's abandoned. Uh, like that particular village, there's like zero permanent residents now. There's a very small village right next to it. That I think there's 17 permanent residents. Now, some of them, there's like vacation homes. Yeah. But it's it's literally the top of a mountain. It, it takes you almost a half hour to get up there. And there's there's no stores. There's no restaurants up there. Nothing. Nothing. It, they're, they're stone homes it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, but it's so remote. Uh, but it was just a powerful experience for them. We got to see my great-grandfather's um, like burial area. It wasn't yeah. a tombstone. It was like a mausoleum above ground where they actually have photos of it. And uh, so that was like a very powerful experience for, for my dad, for myself, uh, for my boys to yeah. just kind of experience that all together. Nice. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Was you got one question, more? Was that question three? I think it was two. It was but. two. You want it to be three? No, I just want to know. So I know that you've been uh, coaching a whole bunch of um, oh youth sports. <laughs> so I want to know what um, that experience is like for you, because I know that sometimes you can be really intense. So I just want to hear how that goes for you and the boys. And I'm sure the boys appreciate, you know, their dad coaching. And well, sometimes they may, sometimes they may not. But Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's been one of those things because you being a parent too, you hear this all the time, like it goes so fast, it goes so fast, like cherish these years, cherish this time. And and that's one thing that I've always done with the boys. Like as busy as I am professionally, I've always tried to, to take time for the boys. And up until this season, for the past six or seven years, I have coached a sport for a boy and I typically rotate. So um, flag football in the fall, I've always coached kind of Anthony's team and Santino was on that team one year winter basketball i've coached santino this so past you always year just pick you rotate so that they don't feel left out yeah yeah Do you have one, a favorite one age group um i have a favorite i i had a favorite sport uh which was coaching flag football even though i didn't play football it was yeah. just like it was fun there wasn't a lot of pressure um and although i'm super competitive i felt like it was just like enjoyable it was fall um, just getting out there with the boys and I like throwing the football too. So we would have a lot of fun, particularly with the practices, basketball, absolutely my favorite sport, right. To, to play, to watch, uh, just because that was my sport, Yeah. probably the most challenging though, because it was my sport and, and it's very difficult for me to take that intensity out. Um, and it, it definitely showed, you know, this past year I coached, uh, Santino on two different teams, um, and it is. It's a challenge to coach your kids. And then Luke, I, I've coached for the past several years baseball. And that that little kid is going to be a stud baseball player, I'm telling you right now. Really? He, he's got the the body, the stance, the the swagger. And, got um, it all. So the real question is, is... Am what, I retired? Or? Are you retired? Well, you... I think, are you retired in coaching? 
Yeah, maybe. Maybe, we'll see. maybe not. It's time to be a dad and, yeah. and just go and observe. So is Santino going to be a better ball player than his dad? Uh, basketball? Um, he's just got it. Like, he's he's a little passive. Like, he, he's a really good shooter. Yeah. Um, we had a three-point competition the other night with myself and um, one of my buddies and, and Santino. Yeah. And he, 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 he beat us all. Nice. Um, yeah. And he was shooting from the same distance that we were. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't it wasn't even really close. And, and my buddy that was playing with us could have played college basketball too. Nice. But Tino's a little timid. Uh, but yeah, he'll probably he'll beat grow. me. He'll he'll beat me. Yeah. Someday. Nice, love that. Yeah. So you want to roll reversal now? Sure. Some some professional questions. Right. So I've always been um, just very impressed with your ability to multitask, and again, not necessarily your ability to not say no, but like you you could manage a lot of things at one time whereas like i'm like that guy that can do really well at one thing but i i can't i can't like talk while i'm doing it because i get distracted i think that's a guy girl thing but mm. like how do you where do you think you got that from and uh was that something that your parents instilled in you did you learn that over time or what where um, did you get that kind of superpower probably a little superpower if that's what you want to call it um, I would say a little bit of both. So my mom's super hard worker. You've met my mom. Um, she was always kind of that role model. Like she had, there was four of us and my mom always worked and managed a household and managed her marriage and uh, really did all those sorts of things. They were like old school parents. You know, I'm sure your parents were the same way where um, my dad didn't do cooking, cleaning. Watch If he watched the kids, it was called babysitting, like just that old school mentality. So my mom really was like the rock of our family. So a lot of that comes from her. But I, I also think a lot of it is like learned. Um, I will say like when I started working for you, there were small, it was small steps that got to be like a big project, right? So it wasn't like I just started to work with you and I wore a hundred hats. It's that I started to work with you and I would do something, you know, they always say like, if you do your job well, you get a hundred jobs. Well, that's true. Um, but it's true. And no matter what career path you take. Um, so I would say like small things were added on like, well, you can do this and now we can add this on. Um, so then I would wear two hats and then I'm also a control freak and I can't say no. So then when there would be something else, you would be like, well, Brandy, Who's the best person for it? And I'd be like, well, me. So that's my problem. <laughs> you knew that was a loaded question too, right? right? I knew the answer. Yeah. I so, just needed to hear you say but it. But I couldn't, like, I still can't let things go. Like, I'm still that person. Um, I don't know. It's just like, I like to have a hundred things going on at once. My life is like that. It's like controlled chaos. Um, you say you're not good at managing multiple things, but you are. Um, so I think I learned a lot of that from you. I think that... Um, you gave me a lot of grace when it came to a lot of those things um, and really allowed me to like figure things out and gave me the opportunity to be able to manage those things. But I think from both, definitely from like my mom's work ethic, seeing that and then just from like on, you know, hands on experience. I guess when I was saying like for me personally, like I can't I always have a lot of projects going on at once, yeah. but I can only do one thing at one time. Yeah. Right. So like when I'm doing surgery that is probably the easiest example. Like I generally don't talk when right. I'm doing surgery. Like yeah. I'm just, I'm laser focused in on what I'm doing and people will ask questions and I'm like, what did you say? Cause I'm, I'm, it's like game day, right? Yeah. You're just like, this is where all of my attention is going. Um, and I almost 
feel like I can't even understand what they're asking. And I have to like look at them and take a pause from what I'm doing. So people like you, you always kind of got that about me too, where you were like, all right, he's kind of in his zone. Like I'm just going to let him do his thing while he's doing that. Yeah, sure. And then when I flip that switch off, like, okay, I'm done with surgery. Then I could focus on project two or, or this or that. Yeah. I definitely remember a time where I used to shoe off all the drug reps in the office whenever you first came to Meadville <laughs> and I would try to shoot these guys off and they're like well we're just gonna catch him in surgery and i'm like yeah that's probably a really <laughs> bad idea i said when he's in there he's like tiger what tiger woods wearing red on a sunday i'm like you better just like steer clear <laughs> yeah not the time to do it yeah. right we i don't know if there is a time to do it but probably never yeah that's what you're for or right. wh- what's what you were for <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure okay so um you have done a lot of different jobs i mean you you were saying you're working for chase morgan yep. right you worked um you know with whole health you are now at starbucks like those are very different things all very different things um what do you would you say is like your what's the common denominator with those things those jobs and what is your favorite aspect of any slash all of those particular jobs well i definitely say the common denominator is leadership so yes they're all like very different um that was one of the things i struggled with when I left Whole Health is I was like, how am I going to go from, well, first of all, I loved it there. So like I was passionate about it. Um, I loved working for you. I loved the family aspect, but it was time to grow. Um, and I asked myself, oh, I would say probably for at least like maybe, I don't know how long is it been, a year and a half, probably six months at least. I was like, what am I doing? Um, like how can I go from like managing like the clinical portion of a medical practice to managing coffee, Right. But to me, I kind of like had to step back, humble myself a little bit and just realize what the purpose was. So it is the leadership aspect. Like when I left Whole Health, could I have been, I wasn't the right leader for the business. Um, So it's hard. Like that's hard to swallow sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. But again, like change the plan, right? If I'm ever going to be the best leader for a business and maybe it's yours, maybe it's someone else's, whoever knows whatever, you know, where life takes you, then you have to like put yourself in that uncomfortable position to grow. Um, so whenever I went to Starbucks and I, that was my purpose, like I, I needed, I knew that I needed to grow as a leader. Um, what that looked like, I had no idea. I was like, eh. I have no idea. Like, what am I going to do? Drink caramel macchiatos all day and sling <laughs> drinks? Um, it really, like, humbled me. But Starbucks, really super grateful for the opportunity. Um, it allowed me to see leadership from a different perspective. So medical practice management can be a little rigid, right? Because whenever things go wrong there, people get hurt. Whenever something goes wrong at Starbucks, people get, like, don't, they get mad, so yeah. it's completely different. So people would always be, other store managers would always ask me, and they still ask me, are you stressed out? And I'm like, no, no, not at all, because it's different for me. Like, it wasn't to the same level of importance. Not that it wasn't an important job or not that I didn't appreciate it, but I really sat back, kind of humbled myself, and just took it with, took everything with a grain of salt, took in everything. That's what I do. Um, sit back, take everything in, really just learned a completely different leadership style, and I'm super grateful for that. Um, I would say that Starbucks is 100% like partner focused. Like they are 
you know, a lot of people say that they want the Disney mentality or they want um, to work for a company that really genuinely cares about their employees, and that's Starbucks, and it's almost to a fault. So when I came from something a little more rigid, which there's nothing wrong with that, it's just a different line of business, um, and I had to learn to lead with grace and nothing else was acceptable, it, re it really pushed me outside of my comfort zone, and I, like, grew tremendously as a leader. So I guess... This question is going to segue off of that is, you know, when you walk into a Starbucks, part yeah, part B, but third, third business question. Um, and, and I say this with all due respect to like diversity, but it's like you walk into a Starbucks, it's like a box of Crayola crayons just got dumped out. Vito. Right. Vito. <laughs> Vito. Vito. Are you gonna oh, Vito. Uh, I was like, Vito. <laughs> Vito, like the Italian name? No, you're talking Vito. Um, no, like, so how do you deal with so many different, like, and I think it's great, right? Yes. Um, I, if there's one thing that I've learned over the years is like diversity, include, that is, those are all great things. Yes. But how do you deal with so many different personalities and, Deal with it with grace. I mean, was it the training that they gave you? Were you reading self-help books? Were you like leadership books? Like, how did you get there? All of the things. So that, and I know that you know, because I've, so I reach out to you sometimes if I need like advice or whatever that looks like, but we don't come from a very diverse world where Correct. we're from, right? So we don't get those things and we still wouldn't get those things if we went back to that today. And even though it's only 30 minutes down the road, it's completely different atmosphere. It's a different culture. Um, definitely a struggle for me. I'm not going to lie. I talk about it often with like other leaders and um, it's not easy to do that. And it's not easy because that's not how I was raised or that's not, I was never really given that perspective. But again, just like, really have to put yourself in the right mindset and say think about why they chose to be whatever they chose to be or whoever they are um starbucks is probably the most diverse place that i've ever worked hands down um definitely need self-help books um you definitely need do you write any self-help books or have you written one yet oh my gosh, maybe you no. should i don't even know how to help myself <laughs> Well, this can help you. This is like your own little project. All right. Well, um, we'll put that on the list. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's definitely different. It definitely drives. There's days where I'm, you know, I'll be 100% transparent. There's days where I've shot you a text message and I'm like, I'm done. Like, I can't do this today. Um, and I felt that way. And I genuinely felt that way. I've told leaders at Starbucks the same thing. So it won't be surprised if they happen to see this. But um, that was my biggest struggle is that I didn't know diversity. Um, it's grown on me a little bit. Um, I appreciate the culture and I appreciate like the culture that they try to create. Not every day is it for me or what I would like it to be. Um, but the only thing I can do is try to sit back and remember that we're all different for a reason. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Beautifully said. So personal stuff. Yeah. Right? So, Family, you have Sophia and you yep. have two stepchildren. Yes. Um, like how, like how does that blend occur? Because um, I'm I'm just not familiar with yeah. that, right? Like, and I think you do it well, but how do you how'd you get there? And um, on a daily basis, you know, how does that work in terms of like 
they're not your biological children, but like you're their mom. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely been, that's been a challenging part of my life too. So I think I met Mike probably four years ago or so. Um, his son at the time, he had a son, he was one and a half and his daughter was three. So at that time their mom wasn't in the picture. So it really was up to me to show them, like be that female role model to them. Um, that's another thing that I get from my mom. Like we treat all kids like they're our own. Um, I know that your family is the same way, um, but it, it's been a challenge, right? Because I've, I, raised, I raised them, and they're good little humans, love them to death. Um, a few years ago, their mom did come back into the picture. So for me, personally, like a challenge because, like, I raised them, right? But they're not biologically mine, and they are bi- biologically hers. And I, f- I feel like their mom should have a fair chance to be in their life. Absolutely. Um, so I was all for that. I, you know that I'm super stubborn, right? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I can be super stubborn, but I try to put all things aside and just like be the bigger person. Um, I've heard that from many people that I look up to in my life. So I really tried to do that and just make it make the best life that we can for the kids because that's what that's what it's all about. Um, there are still bumps. There, our life is crazy chaos. I'm coaching a couple of soccer teams. Um, I don't rotate because I'm not like smart enough and I can't say no. Like we've talked about that several times. So I coach all three teams I, at I once. I thought you meant rotate. Like you don't sub any kids in or out. Sometimes. <laughs> I'm not. Got to win. Yeah, you got to win. Um, but it's not whether or not you have fun. That's the moral of this story. You yeah, got to win. Yeah, it's not. Winning's fun. Losing. We're all right? not winners. Not so everybody second gets place a is the first loser. Team. Yeah, mine either. <laughs> um, sorry again, not raised that way. <laughs> um. But I, so I'm coaching soccer. We're soccer five nights a week. Um, wow. In and out. Sometimes I miss one person's game because I'm coaching another person's. But we live a crazy life. It's fun. Um, I'm really at that place in my life where that's what's important to me is just like spending time with my family and making sure I'm there. Um, so when like we talk about development, like Starbucks talking about development, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I'm, I don't know that that's what I want. Like, I don't know if I'm in the place in my life where I want to like move to the next position and put in more work and things like that, I'm kind of on idle for a little bit. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm not like motivated. It just means that my priorities are different. Finally. Mm-hmm. Um, takes a lot to get there, but, um, I'm just like chilling with my kids. So second question kind yeah. of playing off of that. What do you like to do fun with your kids? Like this summer, do you have any vacations? I know you guys, would camp and things yeah. like that. Do you have any of that on your on your schedule? Well, we do. So we have some camping trips coming up. We actually got a camper and then we got rid of it because, you know, that's what you do with those sorts of things. You <laughs> buy them, use them once, and then sell them again. But um, we have some camping trips coming up. We didn't plan any big vacations this year. Um, Mike actually bought a business, so we've been doing that. So when we talk about adding things to your plate, Mike knows how to work and he's a worker, um, but he doesn't know how to run a business. So then that's kind of on me, right? Um, so we really, this summer just wanted to focus on like the kids, like spending time together. We put a new pool in, we're going to, today after this, we're going to go and we're just going to float all day and hang out and enjoy each other's company. Um, all the kids started riding dirt bikes and four wheelers. So we've been doing that super, super cool. Um, nobody's crashed yet except for me. So you're riding them too? Well, I had two once. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Don't get hurt. Got a lot Don't of people. Don't wear Crocs. 
<laughs> yeah. Is that what? Yeah. So I, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, well, tell it. I mean. So we were riding bikes with the kids and um, the littlest guy, he's five now. He got a new dirt bike, like this badass dirt bike for his birthday. Well, his dirt bike doesn't have training wheels and he doesn't know that you have to like stay on the gas. He thinks that you have to rev it up because he likes the noise it makes yeah. when he likes to ride. Um, so Mike rides out on this dirt bike and he's like, here, and he hands it to me. And I'm like, what do you want me to do with that? And he's like, well, just ride around the yard, Brandy, so that he knows that he has to like follow you. And I was like, okay, cool. So I had Crocs on, I'm riding around the yard and I was like, all right, this is fun. Like everything was fine. I didn't die or anything. And then I stopped for a quick second and I parked by these cinder blocks. And when I went to go, I got my croc stuck on the foot peg, and at the same time, when I stood up to try to get it off, I also hit the throttle, oh and my. I just drove up onto the house and got some bruised up skin. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and the little but no guy, broken bones or anything like that. The little guy just looked at me and he's like, "What happened?" And I was like, "I don't know, but but that's what not to do." Yeah, you're always teaching, yeah, right? Whether exactly. it's what to to do or what not yeah, to do. Yeah, exactly. All right, third final question. Um, Again, we've known each other since 2015. Yep. What is your favorite like memory that we've shared oh, together? Boy. Remember, there's kids watching out I there. I know. There's so many. <laughs> Parents, um, patients. There's a lot. There's so many. Is there one just like funny, favorite? Well, did we get in trouble or not? Did we get in trouble? Oh, my goodness. Oh, she's taking a drink. This must be an, an interesting one. <laughs> um, you're going to be about a patient? Yeah. I mean, we're obviously not going to talk about patient identifying like who it is. Or... Well, there's a lot of memories. So things are always popping up all the time because I was the picture taker of the group. You know, videos. I have plenty of those. If yeah. anybody wants to see Charlie in the box or anything like oh, that. Oh, gosh. Um. <laughs> I was just talking, Travis and I were talking on the phone the other day, we were dying laughing, but... Um, By the way, I came across some of those old videos we were going through. Hysterical. Um, like my old videos with the boys, and, and it was cool, sorry to interrupt you, but like just the boys when they were young, like apple bobbing with Tino, and he yeah. kept putting his, and he's like, <gasps> I need to tell, <laughs> right? But there was the, like the claymation thing that I did. Oh my gosh. I came I across that. that, I was like... Wow. When we had the big snowstorm and you get snowed in. Yeah, you're bored. You're like, what am I going to do? But keep going with your That's story. That's so funny. So one of the funniest things we were just, I was just talking this through, um, is whenever you, so you see a lot of patients in a day, right? Yeah. 50 or whatever. And it's usually like, you don't even have to have any words. You just go do your thing. Um, and I'll never forget one time we couldn't stop laughing. Um <laughs> <laughs> So there was a patient in a room, number eight. <laughs> and um, she remembers the room number. Wow. <laughs> um, whenever you were doing the exam, you may or may not have pushed the leg just a little bit outside of their comfort zone. And he made an awful sound. And immediately, it, it you sounded lost something like shit. this. Ah! <laughs> right? Yeah, it was like, like spot on, like that. And and immediately you start laughing to the point where you can't stop laughing. So I'm like standing there and I'm laughing. Not because I like, was, no. it was funny because I heard him because I, I, I don't. Well, I'm you're like, going to tell him why, what you thought. Yeah. Right. So not because you heard him because it didn't hurt him. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. 
Um, so then you are sitting there dying laughing. I have no idea what to do, but I'm laughing too. We're both crying. And you act, start acting like you're working on my computer, which you probably didn't even know how to work. So I'm not sure exactly what you were doing. Because I didn't want to face the patient. You had your I back think. to the patient. The poor patient's still <laughs> laying there. I could not help him at the time because I was laughing. And then you finally think that you got your shit together after like five minutes. And I'll never forget, you kicked back to your rolly chair, went against the wall, and you kicked your knee up, and you lost it again, dying laughing. And you looked straight at me, and you said, what are you laughing at? What's so funny? <laughs> and I was like, me? Like, I'm constantly taking the blame for these things. So it turns out you thought of... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I totally remember that patient, and... There was a scene in a movie, a 1980s movie, uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. yeah. And there, there was a scene with a character, Poindexter, um, at one of the parties. And <laughs> we'll, we'll just say, uh, just without getting, getting too graphic, he made that noise, that sound. And that's all I could think about when I heard it because it was literally spot on Yeah, when, when that patient did that. And I couldn't obviously say that while we were in the room together, but like, that I just was envisioning that the whole time. So the so. next time the patient came in, you said, Brandy, I don't think that we should probably go in together. And I said, okay. And you're like, well, just forget it. Just come on. And so we went in there and that patient said, you guys are so professional. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. And we right? were like, oh my gosh, thanks so much. Aren't we funny? <laughs> At least we're funny sometimes. But I kind of great memories. W- when you brought that up, I was like, I wonder if she's going there with the with the memories there's been a lot of those though yeah i get stuff that pops up all the time tons of good memories um just a lot of things there's so many uh, you, you kind of i your think favorite? i'm gonna go with another patient um experience this was when we were at office number three Griff- uh, what we're not allowed to say that cut <laughs> yeah no i'm not saying any <laughs> any any patient names or anything but there was a woman and um she 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 was not healthy and she was going to have a hip or knee i can't remember the specifics of that but she did she she was like she was on oxygen and um was was making it sound as though she thought she was super healthy she's she was in a wheelchair not mobile on oxygen and she told us that she would soak in a bathtub and for like days right? Like, like a day and a half or so. And she, she was almost bragging to the point where she said, I can do things that a lot of human beings can't do. Um, and, and there was something along the lines of like, I can eat raw chicken or, or chicken that's been sitting out for, for days. And she's like, I can do that. She's like, and oh, and she smoked. I was like, you got to stop smoking. We got to lose some weight. And again, I'm trying to encourage her, trying to get her healthier. Um, just because I, I I knew something bad was going to happen and she's, kind of talking about how she'll lay in a bathtub for days on end and just like drink the bath water and (laughs) eat raw chicken. And that doesn't affect her. Like she, she's almost like she has superhuman strength. She did. So she definitely did. So, uh, thankfully we didn't do an operation on her because I just don't think it would have went well, but yeah, you can't. All right. So next we're at the seventh inning sawbones shoe stretch. So, um, you know, like a lot of my, friends and viewers okay. um i have a thing with shoes particularly yeah. sneakers particularly jordan sneakers so um it's kind of one of those big things that i i just enjoy collecting 
Um, so I'm seeing some of those hey, hey dudes. dudes. Yeah. So tell tell me about your shoes and what tell you like me about, about them. your shoes. So yeah. today I came here and I thought for sure that I wasn't going to have to be on camera um, because you know how much that I don't like that. <laughs> Um, You've done so great. I thought maybe podcast, you know, we would just talk about things and people would listen to us. But here I am um, with Hey Dudes on. Um, I wear Hey Dudes almost every day whenever I'm not at work because I hate What do you have to wear at work? Um, like sneakers? Sneakers. Yeah. yeah. Sneakers. And I don't like sneakers. You do. But um, I wear Hey Dudes every day when I'm not at work. Hey Dudes are flip flops and they're just super comfortable. And These are kind of cool. Like what's cute. the pattern on there? I don't know. Cheetah? Cheetah? Yeah. How many pairs of Hey Dudes do you How have? How many pairs of Hey Dudes do you have? Me? Yeah. Oh, just one. Just one? And I, don't I like rarely them. wear them. Um, I probably have like 10 or something. Oh, wow. But I, you I rotate know. them? No. I just yeah. wear one pair and then if I feel Once like... Once they're kind of like worn out, do you go to the next or... I don't know. I just do what I want. Yeah. Well. How many pairs of Jordans do you have? Ooh, we're over 30 now. Um. So why did you get into these Jordans? Um, well, I mean, number one, yeah. love Michael Jordan. Right. O- always been a huge Jordan fan. Yeah. And um, I've always been a, a shoe fan. I was never able to afford Jordans when I was a kid yeah. growing up. Didn't get my first pair until I was probably in medical school. Um, and I got them at Dick's and I got a great deal on them. And that particular pair now is like the most valuable pair that, that I actually have in my collection. My so boys, you still have them? I have them. They're over there. Um, the boys looked them up. They're oh, they're worth over four thousand dollars, and they're my least favorite pair. I never wear them. Do you, will you let the boys wear your shoes when they can fit them? Um, they love my shoe collection. Yeah, like they'll they'll clean them. I'll I'll give them some money to clean them. Luca, oh. in particular, he knows every single pair of Jordan. So today he actually picked this pair out. So I came out ready for my podcast, had this hat on, and he goes, "Oh yeah, I know what pair of shoes you need to wear today." I was like. You go pick them out for me. So these are the Air Jordan 1 Lowe's uh, Bordeaux. Bordeaux for the, the French wine. And as you can see, they're wine colored. Yep. And uh, he's like, you got to color coordinate, which I always like yeah. to do. But um, yeah, I mean, they're super comfortable. Um, and it's just like my little fun. You know, I, I always joke. I say there's worse things that I could spend oh, my money on. And, like I don't collect classic cars or this or that. Like I just I like shoes. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So the next thing is actually really fun. So she's looking at the I'm little cheat sheet here, but sheet. we've got the so, Sawbones Challenge, which you don't know what it is yet, but um, <sighs> it'll I be feel fun. Like I'm gonna fail. Well, <laughs> I'll just say, out of the four guests so far, um, no one has. Is this gonna be question a quiz about you? Nope. Oh, nope. Darn. You'll find out what it is, but um, you you could be the first. No, no one has. Everyone's completed the Sawbones Challenge, but no one's won the Sawbones Challenge yet. Okay. So you could be the first. Sounds like this plan. So um, stay tuned. We're going to the Sawbones Challenge next. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Hopefully that was recording because it's four to two right now. Good guy.
Okay, so we're back here after the Sawbones Challenge. Um, we're going to do our kind of closing questions wrap up. I always just like to ask our guests. Well, first and foremost, I want to thank you yeah. for, for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know it's 4th of July. Uh, you're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff with your family here yeah. uh, in the next couple hours. But um, where do you see yourself in five years, 10 years, both personally and professionally? Well, that's a good question. So I'm... Uh, so much of a planner, but I don't know that I've had my life planned that far out. So quite honestly, I don't even know if I can answer. Um, I have over the past couple years tried to not be such a planner and just kind of live in the moment. So that's what I'm doing for now. So I don't know. Do you see yourself living in this area, though? Oh, yeah. I'm probably not going to go anywhere, um, at least until like all my kids are graduating. Yeah, I think it's super important, like stability and all those things. You can't really go anywhere if you have kids. Um, but maybe after that, like I do like to travel. I've lived a lot of places um, here, Florida, Washington, D.C., California, all those things. Some cool places. Yeah, some really cool places. So I have had a lot of opportunity when it comes to like living in different areas. And um, I don't know. I don't know. Do I love it here? It's home. Um, it feels good to be here now. Um, I guess it depends on where my kids go. Yeah. Might follow them around. Well, I have no doubt, no matter where you go, that you're going to be tremendously successful, both, again, professionally and personally. And I wish you the very best. Thanks. And, um, yeah, I guess I just thank you again yeah. for... Thanks for having me. Yeah. Have a, have a great 4th of July with your family. Enjoy the pool. Sure. The floating. You can probably have a couple cocktails in the pool, yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. thanks again. Yeah, thank you. So again, thank you again, Brandy, for coming. Um, you know, stay tuned. We've got some great stuff coming up. Previews for next week's uh, guests, uh, some kind of outtakes, bloopers, things like that. Fun stuff. But um, you know, I thank you guys for tuning in. Please comment if you have any suggestions, comments, uh, requests for for either guests or maybe some cool, fun things that we could do. Any questions you have for myself personally, professionally? Uh, but have a great day and happy holidays to you. And without further ado, Dr. Zim, hey, how are you? Good. How are you seeing? But good to see you, bud. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You know, we had a newer school in Erie Lecom, and you know, I knew about the DO philosophy, but I, I didn't know a lot about it. And you know, was lucky enough um, to be able to get a, an interview at Lecom relatively quickly. Yes. And he said, "Do you know why I'm here right now, and why you three are here?" And we're like, "We have no idea." No, I don't. He goes, "Your board scores." Your OCAP in-service exams came in. Like, okay. He goes, you three idiots scored the lowest scores <laughs> in the history of our program. <laughs> <laughs> Was he messing with you or seriously? <laughs> Dead serious. Oh, gosh. Dead serious. And he goes, you know, I have to face the other program directors with scores like this. So he goes, guess what we're going to do? We're doing, we had a board we had our ophthalmology basic science course that was 15 volumes about, you know, three and a half feet wide worth of information. And he said, I'm going to come down. We are going to do board review at our resident clinic in Detroit for, I think, three or four nights per week until next year's OCAP exam. And he stuck to it. We did. We all had to do like 30, 40 pages a day and present. Oh, so my gosh. We sit for our second year OCAP exam and um, I'll never forget this one either. He called us back 
to his office. You know, I'm out on rotation. Vicky's on rotation, Roshan. Same thing. He's tapping his fingers on the desk. And he's like, guess what? We're like, well, I don't know. Why'd you bring us down here? Your OCAP scores came in for year number two. And he looks at us. He goes, you three morons scored worse than you did last year. <laughs> All the study that we did. Are you serious? <laughs> Tell me all about it, Doc.